podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Wrap. I'm Neil Atkinson. And last week we announced our sponsor for 2018 for the first time, our free show on a Monday, although this is Tuesday, uh, does have a sponsor and it is Redsbet, uh, redsbet.com. If you do gamble, please gamble responsibly, but also gamble enjoyably. And Redsbet offers the opportunity to do that, wherein 50% of all losses will be returned to Liverpool support and causes. Uh, they will be getting that sorted out across the course of the year and we want you to come on that journey with both us and them. So this is the Anfield Wrap this week. I'm going to hand it over to the rest of the room. It is the Anfield rap, Neil Atkinson, Ian Salmon, Rob Gutman and Andy Heaton all trying to some extent to cheer ourselves up off the back of Swansea 1, Liverpool 0, Swansea City 1, Liverpool 0. Uh, last night's result on uh, to the Reds, feels like something that happened to Liverpool. Um, I'm going to go to Rob Gutman first on this one, oh, really. No. We're here to console you. Uh, you can feel our pain. Rob, Liverpool were going to lose at some point. Um, that was an 18 match unbeaten run, but what a dreadful way to do it. Yeah, it was horrible, wasn't it? Um, I'm not quite sure of the right way to have done it. Would it have been against City last week? Would that have been better? No, I don't know. There's well, you wouldn't have got the joy of beating City for one. Yeah, you wouldn't have got the joy of beating City. So in in many ways, maybe in when we do this, uh, the 2018 season history show, we'll look back and go, ah, you know what? We went on a 12-match winning run after Swansea. It was okay. They needed the points and they stayed up in their plucky soldiers. It was a mad, it was not a mad game. It was a shit game. Um you know, you can really think we played so badly and yet we're so desperately unlucky to lose that football match because Swansea, just despite their, their plucky bus parking, created absolutely nothing in the entire game apart from one fortunate second ball they get from, from a corner and it, and it and it goes in the net. You know, you get beaten in games like this. In fact, I think we were as bad virtually against Burnley and Burnley are better than Swansea and we still got our result because... In the last minute, a ball goes in the back of the net rather than skimming a post. In the first half, is it the first half? Well, Asadio Mane connects well and it goes in. Yesterday, Mo Salah connects well, it doesn't go the in. The difference is, though, Rob, and I'll come back to this before I bring the, the others in, the, the difference is, against Burnley, you couldn't have described the performance as pedestrian. Whereas you can describe that as pedestrian. It was more shit against Burnley, it was punctuated but, by interesting things. But also punctuated by the fact that the game was the game is all action for a yeah. variety, partially because of what Burnley a do. Drama story. But but partially because of what Burnley do, but also the fact that it's just perpetual motion. I think that Swansea are deliberately pedestrian and Liverpool spend the entire game unable to to, to break Swansea's pedestrianism. And that is for me the that's why it felt dreadful was that by seventy minutes you feel as though you've watched this film before. Yes. Um I mean Klopp spoke afterwards about his, his his frustrations on this one, and he said, look, it was an absolutely no surprise what they did. It wasn't a surprise to any of us. They're fighting for their lives. They had to do that. And we they had beat five nil on Boxing Day yeah, by the same team. Yeah. He did he was quite he was quite wise, I thought, in sort of retroanalyzing that one, going, Yeah, we knew it'd be a different game because actually Boxing Day wasn't quite as easy as it looked. We scored in the right moments and that can change a football match. And he's got a point. I mean, if we he scored we take one of those chances maybe after twenty minutes the Salah volley, it probably does open up and becomes one of our routine 4-0 away wins, which we've become <coughs> a signature this season. But that doesn't happen. And we're, we're, we're not patient. Well, you know, I, I was thinking, let's just be patient here. I thought, But we, we took patience to beyond an art form, to, to something really dour, didn't we? Um, we did. Ian, is it a dour is a good word for it? A collective off day? I mean, I think we off 18 unbeaten, benefit of the doubt has been earned, not just for those lads who played last night, but in general for all the players who've contributed to this 18-match run. Benefit of the doubt has been earned up to a point, but that to me looked like a collective off day where even the players who didn't start on an off day by about 60 minutes they were most definitely on one yeah i don't think there was i don't think there was anybody who starts on anything other than an off day to be honest it's it's one of those games where for the first half hour i was looking at it thinking we're just controlling this we're taking this in a measured way and we know that recently what we've been able to do is have a measured first half a slow first half absorb whatever's coming to us if need be and just feel our way into the game and then second half we pick up and we score goals and that's what we've done a lot. All these two ones, we've had the same kind of pattern. I was holding on to two ones. I was sat on the City Talk Show on Friday saying, look, we've now learned to win every type of game. We've The manager and the team have gone through every type of game in this 18-match run, and they've learned how to get to every game and to win the majority of those games. And it turns out we bloody haven't because we couldn't figure out how to get through this particular bus. Um, I, I don't think the performance last night was as bad as the West Brom performance because we did produce a little bit more in terms of actual threat on goal, despite the desperation of, you know, our Mac came in just after it finished, 
looked at him and went, what was, what was match like? I went, shit. He said, well, have you lost it? You had 24 shots. I said, yeah, but all 24 of them were shit. There was, there was nothing good in this and there was a severe lack of quality. And for those who are addressing the, the Coutinho question, would it have been better with Coutinho? No, it probably wouldn't because he's played in games like that the same as everybody else has. He played against West Brom, didn't he? Yeah, he played against Before West Brom. Him, yeah. and, and our problem was that we were taking the short pass, the easy pass, the slow pass, moving two men together, keeping the ball within five yards. There was one <laughs> lovely, lovely moment, I think it was in the second half, where Van Dijk passed to Gomez and missed out Matip and passed to Gomez. That was the highlight of the game because he'd actually taken... He'd taken the middleman out and taken the direct ball for once. Taking the easy option, Andy, is something which, you know, I think that's what I was seeing a lot of last night. And I'll actually use Van Dyke in, in a critical sense when he when he has that volley on about sort of with about 10 minutes to go and it come, bounces to him on the half volley and he strikes it. And that's the easy option in a way in that it's obviously practically impossible to score from there. But it's the easiest thing for a footballer to do at that moment is just think, you know what, I'll just flash at this. And 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 you never know. You never know. You're looking at Raffle rather than think, right, how do we, how do we build from here? And I... I think that the, the, taking the easy option defines a lot of a lot of what we did wrong last night. You could say it's taking the easy option. You could say it's taking the mentally tired option, um, or the frustrated option. Um, I think they're probably similar. It was, yeah. it's you know you're, you're at that stage in the game where you're knocking and you're knocking and things aren't quite coming off. Um, things that we seem to, to do in our sleep when we're playing well. Um, and there was a bit of that. I don't think... I think they got inside their own heads um, when a couple of moves we put together weren't coming off. I, th- I think we, you know, we'd, we'd done our own heads in with a couple of finishes. I mean, we were talking uh, earlier about, you know, how the game panned out and we look, as poor as it was, and it was it was very, very poor. You know, on another day, we, we scored two and three. Mane misses the chance. Salah miss, misses the chance. They're not they're not nailed on chances, but the chances that we've been putting away of late. And it changes the complexion of the game. I just think we were just so lethargic. Um, and, you know, and Swansea, Swansea, as is their right, clung on to Everton, got a goal, and, you know, it, it, the responsibility was on us to break that down. And we, we, just, we just couldn't do it. Just frustrating all round, really. It's... It's ten. <clears throat> the manager I thought was was didn't was good afterwards, and that he made no excuses. He was just disappointed and angry, or almost actually. But I think there, I think there are there are reasons why a game like this happens. I think you have to you have to he has to ask himself them, and we do as well. In a way, I've I've sort of expected this performance after the uh, frent, frenetic nature of the, of the pre Christmas and during Christmas fixture list. I wondered if it'd come against City because we had a long break between games there and went away for that train. I thought we could we could be out of rhythm here. I think City, in a way, it takes care of itself, the adrenaline of the occasion. But I think it was another sustained break and the lack of football. I think we were out of rhythm as much as we weren't tired, but we were, I think we were out of out of sync. See, anecdotally, I'd I'd agree with that. But then uh, Andrew Beasley again coming up with the, the stats that matter because he, he, he mm. pondered the very same, and it turned out the longer the break, the more points we generally pick up. Over a period of time, yeah, yeah. So like sure, but four not- and five that we, I think it's two points per game when we've had a break of five days or more, as opposed to one point seven or something like that. If it's only a shorter break, because and what you you think the momentum, the, the game's in a shorter amount of time. The way Liverpool play, but it's actually the opposite. The more chance for rest we have, the better we generally yeah, sure. are. Sure, if you give us a season where you say no European football and you're playing every seven days, I'd expect better results. But if you play a game every three days for twelve weeks and then you suddenly have that, I think it's the dis- it's the disparity. I'm not making excuses, but I think there's a reason why good footballers suddenly don't play like good I footballers. I, I mean, I, I, and I think that you've got to take some of the things into consideration there. And again, it's it's a bit Everton, but fair play to them. The pitch was in a, a was in a poor state. I'm not blaming the pitch, but it's a contributory factor. It was dry. It was in the state. I was getting taken where the grass was was long. Again, I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying that was the reason why. But the Swansea put every every possible barrier in the way that they could to stop us playing our natural game. They, 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 they did, but that still doesn't... Uh, the state of the pitch and the barriers they pull up, don't forgive us making the wrong choices. No, absolutely not. No, absolutely so many not. of the wrong choices but were we, what we fell into the trap of getting frustrated yeah. with ourselves. Every pass in that first half was half a yard to the wrong side of the man. Yeah, it, it was a lot. 
you know there was no which precision. isn't the length of the grass it's just misplacing a well, pass well yeah it, it was a lack there was a lack of precision a, a lack, which is down to concentration sharpness what have you of course there were tactical things that Klopp picked up on I don't know specifically what they were he said we didn't do what we planned but well he was talking me, about the fact that he wanted Robbo move further forward and he should have been further up on the left and they should have been using him as an attacking threat that they were in the first half it's very specific about that was it Salah seemed to be too central for, for much of it they, they, he was offering nothing to the fullback on his side in terms yeah. of get, getting forward I have a little of a theory on the gap, uh, the, the way in which the whole gap's gone. So they had, they had, they had the break, and to mm. me, that first half, certainly the first 35 minutes, it really looked to me like that was a friendly. Yeah. Uh, and everyone looked a bit pre-season, <clears throat> and I sort mm. of wonder if this is, you know, take, I I agree the, with Beasley on the on uh, Andrew Beasley, Beasley, uh, acting <laughs> like I know him. Uh, I've never met Andrew, uh, but I'd like to. Beasley to his mates. Uh, Beasley to his mates, uh, on, the, on the, the, the points after the gap thing. Mm. But I just sort of wonder if the managers looked at the 17 days, if you take that gap from the third round FA Cup game against Everton until the Swansea game, mm. and if he's had them doing some very specific fitness-orientated work in pre-season, almost yep. like a pre-season <laughs> style, this is how we get through this, boys. Yes. And also uh, more of a, this is me putting this in your legs for what comes next in February, March, April and May, because he probably hasn't got another opportunity like that to do something like that. So whether that's a specific programme around more rest, based around this, or whether that's a specific programme around more activity, based around the fact that you get it in your legs now and you look sharper, and they look to me like footballers, just completely anecdotally, but it looked like, you know, that day when you see Liverpool in pre-season, and then it comes out a day later that, oh, actually, they did a training session that day. Yeah, yeah. That's what that looked like to me. They did train the morning of the game. They had a light session. There was photographs at Airport Talbot, yeah. But all, another, another. Let's look. We are, we're looking for factors here. Is there was a bit of an outbreak of a, a virus at Melwood last week. Salah uh, missed two or three days training. Only came back in on mm. Friday. Uh, it, it ruled out Lovren. I think Clavan had it. So there may have been a lingering bug that took some energy out of the legs. But I think we finished strongly enough. Uh, well, in terms of the running was there, but in terms of attitude and in terms of graft, there was yeah. more in. But it was, you know, we've seen. It's one of those games that we've seen, especially people our age, have seen a million times over decades yeah. because it happens to us. It happens to us. I'm sure it happens to other teams as well. You just don't spot it when it happens well, you to other what teams. What you do is you just sort of, you praise, you look, you're looking at the match of the day or you're looking at the, the results when they come and in. You and you praise the opposition. And you're, going, oh, and you're also going, oh, they've dropped two points there or they've dropped three points there. That's great for us. You're, you're not yeah. doing this sort of going into the wise and where for Spurs. We're not very good at all at Southampton no. and, and, and looked really one-paced. But... We're obviously here to talk about Liverpool, and one of the things that concerns me, Ian, is a is there's a there's a wider conversation about creativity versus solidity in amongst all of this. Yeah, and definitely. We're, we're we're generally toiling in these games when we have more and more and more of the ball, and when the opposition more and more and more say, "What are you going to do about it?" And I think that that's it's not it's not a conversation about the quality of the opposition, but the more that they take the sting out of the game, the less they engage, the less they try and play, the more we seem to find this a knotty problem that we just can't solve. And I don't entirely understand that myself. Well, I thought there was a, a fairly glaring way to solve it last night mid-game. Um, because I think what you needed, what we had was the movements of the front three, and obviously a lot of that was against the second half, Robbo's pushing up on the wing, so Sadio can move into the middle, so he's playing more as a centre-forward. But what you, you had was, if you want creativity in the middle, get Lallana on, which he did. Be gone on for the wrong lad, because he took all the energy out of the midfield. So get Lallana on for Wijnaldum. It was the most obvious call on earth. Play Lallana. If you have to move Chamberlain over to the left, move him over to the left and play Lallana on the right, whatever you need to do, but that way you have the blend of energy with creativity because Chamberlain, you know, it wasn't coming off for him, but at least he was pushing, at least he was trying, unless there's an illness or a knock that we don't know about. He seemed flat that's to Chamberlain at that time. I wasn't that surprised, were you? He seemed, well, he seemed flat, but Wijnaldum was invisible. Yeah, he was so, the next sub, wasn't he? Yeah, he should have been the first sub. Because that would have given us a more balanced midfield straight but, but away. But in general, though, I mean, and people are going to reference Coutinho. I mean, there's the, the, there's other stats knocking around. Dan Kenneth's been producing them around. The amount of we've had the ball in some of these games, Rob, and the eight games that we failed to win, uh, yeah. not just this season, but also at times last. And we've seen that both. You've seen that with the evidence of your own eyes, and you've also seen it. It's backed up by the statistics. Yeah, we don't win with seventy percent possession, and that is something which I. I think we need to we need to have a plan for, and I don't think it's particularly complicated. What I would like to see is do mm. more of, no matter who the personnel are. But I I can't. Yeah, you know, I thought that you saw that last night. That there was 
we weren't able to, to to force the issue in any sort of practical way. And what we're also doing is we are when when we fail to to get results in these games, we're actually creating a template for sides to say, actually, yeah. that's what you do. Yeah, a hundred percent, we are. I mean. In- you know, Everton showed it in there over Christmas. Um, West Brom showed it well, actually before Christmas. They probably get the the idea before that. So yeah, it, it's it seems as Ian said, it seems like it's been forever. Thus, you know, I'm thinking back to to, to the Rafa game against Stoke in this in the season camp. We came second, where we have 37 shots on target and it's nil nil. It's a it's, lingers long in the memory that one. I I mean, Klopp was Klopp was weary about them not following the plan. Obviously, he he lies awake nights thinking about how you beat the low block. I think all top managers must do. I don't think anyone regularly cracks it. City, the likes of City down the years, not just this City, have cracked it well for me. And I've always been impressed by how they use the width of the pitch, probably because I think that's the only way you do defeat a low block is overloading in the wide positions. And Paul, myself, I often have said this, but it seems to be a lot harder to get lads to work in concert in those wide positions. Than the, the idea that it's the right thing. What I what I find odd um, before I bring bring Andy and Rob is just I agree with that in terms of the width of the pitch. For me, there's two there's two things that you do. One is you play the game in wide areas, but also secondly, carry the ball. Mm. You're better off carrying the ball because if you lose it, it means they've got the ball, but they haven't got the ball from a set piece scenario. They haven't got the ball from a goal kick. They haven't got the ball where they've suddenly got to do something. You're making that footballer who's got the ball make yeah. a decision and. You know, I was getting very frustrated with the clipped balls forwards that were just effect- effectively going out for, for goal kicks. Mm. You're better off running and being quite direct in those instances and, and, and seeing where you end up rather than seeing if you can commit one or two, rather than the idea that instead you're just sort of you, you, you're seeding possession cheaply from a from a restart. So don't, don't let it go out yeah, for a yeah. throw. Don't let it go out for a goal kick. Just carry it. Because if you get past one or two, you can actually break their shape to some degree and then you need movements. And you've got to take a couple of chances to do that and you could get hit on the counter. But you're then saying to these sides who don't want the ball, where the strategy is not is, is not have the ball, you've just got the ball now. What are you going to do? I think I think the problem was, I think the, 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 the tactic, the misfires that you're describing is, is an attempt to quicken the tempo, isn't it? Those balls Van Dijk's one, he knocks over the top for Salah, the one that's knocked over the top for Marnie. They're attempts to quicken the tempo, but they're yeah. tough ones to pull off, especially if a team's leaving only like a 15-yard gap between the last line and the keeper. I noticed, which I thought was fascinating in the first half at one point, Van Dijk and Matip were swapping sides. He was trying to get one of them space to, to enter the player as a forward player. That's what I, I, I feel in games like that, you have to you have to virtually get down to having one defender. And, and your fullbacks and, and we were to... a great deal of time because they, they were moving forward. Notably, the two of them took turns moving forward. Yeah. But also, if we're talking about commitment to carrying the ball forward, the one moment we do it is the Mane run. It ends up in a free kick. Mm. And that's the only time we actually run directly at the centre of the defence. And no point did anybody else actually commit a man at pace. No. I don't know. I, look, you can talk tactics all day and what, we, you know, what got wrong sometimes. I, I know this isn't great insight or anything like that, but sometimes it's just as simple as they're not being on it. Yeah. Not not being quick enough in their execution. You know, used to say if the performance was a little bit better, the performance levels a little bit better, we win two and three nil, and then the tactics suddenly right. And have they, you know, or are they still wrong? Still our scores, that looks yeah, good exactly, exa- Yeah, exactly. It's the execution. It doesn't mean and it's right or wrong. Yeah. It's just the, the execution of, of the game plan, of which there obviously was one. I mean, I... Found it interesting, the manager afterwards. I think that's as harsh as he's been uh, in recent memory about a performance. Um, yeah, because he, he, he was basically saying that they weren't following yeah, his instructions and, in the first he, half. He went into spe- well, the, the comments were the first half with the, went into specifics hmm. about what they weren't doing. So, you know, you what can did talk you say, Anne? Because I've only seen half. He, this, he, he basically just said the performance was nowhere near what, what we wanted, especially in the first half. People weren't make, uh, making the spaces that we planned. People oh, yeah, weren't holding the bit, positions, etc., yeah. etc. Et so, you know, how far? And I think there, Ramsey's probably talking about wide areas, isn't he? He's yeah, probably, exactly. He's, yeah. he's specifically referencing we didn't stretch them in the right areas. We didn't hold. So then, is that is that tactics or is that just poor execution? Is a bad day at the office? And then the reasons why? Because you, you can kind of get lost. I know this is more a bit of reviewish type comment, but if you focus too much on whether it was the tactics, you can then miss what the real issue was. There might be an underlying issue. Yeah. Might it have been? Might could they learn lessons because they, they they flew? They flew in and I was only a short flight, but was the match day routine disturbed? You know, why weren't they playing with the right confidence? You know, why why were they making poor decisions? Because I thought that that aided as, as well as not being as sharp as they were. They were making poor decisions in wrong areas. I mean, the amount of times I was watching it with Neil. And 
just making the the wrong part. You can see when a move's developing, and you can see what the nat- the next natural progressions of that move should be, and they just weren't doing it. It was almost again they're maybe overthinking it a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a case of because they've come off the back of the city results, and that doubt that we were talking about pre-show that they had, they were like, oh god, we've got to do it against what we've or because they've got the results against City. Oh, we're 18 unbeaten now. We best make sure we don't make a mistake. So instead of focusing on the performance, they're focusing on not giving anything away and conversely inhibiting themselves. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense because it was the um was it under um under Gerard where we were going for the all time. Middlesbrough away. Yeah, Middlesbrough away. Yeah. And we went and it was the first time that season that we we suddenly started thinking about what we were doing and and looked as though we played for the draw. Rather than because it, it was a case of we're not going to lose today because we want that unbeaten run, yeah. so we're not going to lose. But what we actually did was play for a draw, which is always going to give you the risk of losing. Remember who scored that game? I can't remember for life. Gareth Southgate. Really? Oh, well, I hope what's not going to happen next is um, Neil Jones of the Echoes adage about if a long run ends and you you lose, you then lose the next. No, one. well, to be fair to the manager, Klopp's got an excellent record. I don't think yeah, we've ever lost two back to back. I think that I think generally we generally win. After yeah. the defeat. It's a hell of an unbeaten beaten run. I have to say, it's interesting, you know, when, it just made me think of something new. When you talked about the, the, the pre-season friendly feel to the thing, if you, put, if you allow it to be that in your head for a minute as some sort of consolation, I was if I was watching Van Dyke for the first time for us, I suppose we were in many respects, we only seen the Derby game. I thought his performance was absolutely fascinating. And, was, and although the, it was by far from what I'd hope is his best performance in Liverpool, probably very much a five or six out of ten, uh, by his standards, I thought there was so much there to be ex- yes. interested and excited about. You can see what he's bringing straight away, can't you? Yeah, you, you actually got a, a peak of everything. You got a couple of really intelligent passes into to, which nearly made goals. The one to Salah and the one in the last minute. You got but that, that that last minute one. That's a fantastic. It's a fantastic ball. Ball. You get the the header from the set piece, which he probably should score from. But again, he's the guy who gets up for it. Whereas I don't think we normally get defenders doing that. Um, you get him carrying the ball out. You get—I actually noticed—he was winning every bloody header that came into our box when we mm. were facing set pieces or high balls. But he's, but he's about ten foot tall. He's six four, yeah. But I, th- I think uh, Matip's the same height. No, but I'm, only I know, I'm, I'm, I'm only I'm only destiny. Obviously, good, he yeah, doesn't make helpful. the best of it when the when, when the goal itself happens. Although a friend of mine pointed out to me that perhaps it's more Emery Chan's fault than anyone that got that goal because well, he backs into the man. The, the goal, three play, players going for the ball. The, the goal, zonally. The goal, interestingly enough, if he misses the header. Yes, it goes happen. out for a throwing. I know it's mad because you the amount of times where we think we're not aggressive enough in attacking the ball in those situations because that's generally been the criticism that was stood static and you know like the like, statuesque almost. We're almost too committed to clearing the header because there's three of them go for the same ball, and that will take time to to adapt. Especially if Van Dyke is nominally the captain at the back or the leader in the back. But there's three of them go for the same ball, and that it's actually our players obstructing Van Dijk, Virgil Van Dijk. Yes, it's from getting the ball. I think, yeah, because yeah. if you're used to playing alongside a lad that you can't necessarily trust to clear the ball, all of a sudden you've got a lad who you're going to 100 percent trust, but you don't trust him yet. So I need to you will back on the way you mind reckon, I, can, I sort of visualise what he's saying is that. Emery Chan, he's meant to be playing zonally, so he, he either go, he's meant to go for the ball, have his eye on the ball. He's, he's worried about the man behind him, and he pushes everyone back. Mm. Van Dijk's made the decision to to go forward, and is is on the stretch to head the ball. But Emery, by pushing, concentrating everyone backwards, costs him half a yard of momentum, and I think the ball gets headed down rather than out. It's a very, I have to say, it's a very lucky goal. From could, Van Dijk oh, yeah, actually over ridiculous. the top of the ball. Sorry, so yeah. Van Dijk, if you, if you think about momentum and trajectory. He's not attacking the ball up. He's, he's, he's got to come over the back of yeah. his own player, so you can only ever head it down. Yeah, that's the only contact you're going to get, and he would and he wouldn't know to leave it because he wouldn't know what's behind him. Yeah, so, but, it, but even then, the bounce, the, the, the bounce off the lad to the lad who scores, it, it's, it's just it's looking, the most fortunate thing they'll have. You can't even see how we react to the second ball, ideally, can you? Because it's just so perfectly lands, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, it's, there's, it's, there's no time to recover. I think um, Chamberlain nearly gets a foot in there. The only thing is Van Dyke gives away the two corners, doesn't he, by, by clearing them with his shin on both occasions, which was... Yeah, but, but he does also, well to get to the first one. I liked some of that part of his game because yeah. you can see the fact that he's he's not going to... 
he's not going to go for a percentage ball. He's just going to, he's going to get rid of occasions when he's going. He has a really touch. bad ninety seconds. I mean, I'm fine with that. Is it that bad? I think he does have a bad ninety seconds. I think, I think he, has, he has a ninety seconds. Sorry, let me let me rephrase this. He has a ninety seconds, which is akin to a ninety seconds, which all of our other centre halves have had at some point this season. And lads have been going absolutely mental, saying that's yeah, why you buy Van Dijk. That's fair. And, 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 does that, but this yeah. and this is back to the this is back to the the general sort of point, which is, and I agree, and this is my issue with yesterday, full stop. Uh, but also the wider conversation around us is that actually all season as a group, as a team, we haven't a lot of the time defended anywhere near as badly as the general press will say that we have. No. And I think you see that yesterday, and you get to see that Van Dijk does a bit better, Rob. But in general, this is my my argument about creativity versus solidity. If you're going away from home. Wherever you're going up and down the country, no matter how poor they are, there's every chance that you're going to concede one. So you've got to be able to score two. And that's where, when we're talking about sluggishness and people being one pace and all that sort of stuff, that's a much bigger issue than conceding one from a corner. You can can analyse a set piece until the cows come home, really. But sometimes it's just going to sort of happen to you. You've got to be able to say, we... We on the balance of chances created and the way in which we play the whole game, we deserve to get a bit more. And I just don't quite think we make that argument yesterday, if you know what I mean. It doesn't feel like we make that argument, even though you can point to four or five half chances and then one big chance at the end of the game. You, you do win games like that on another day. I mean, you, oh, you very much do. No, I'm not arguing with that. You very in, much do. In parallel universes, you, you, you score st- first. Yeah, you, you you probably win four out of five. But we do have to find a way to win five out of five. And there, it's, it's too often in our in our history, in recent history, where Liverpool match up against the bottom side in the league and lose, yeah. not, or, or or just scrape a draw. I mean, is, is it hollow bottom last year, and we go there and get beaten? Some, it's not. Or Sunderland get a get a point against New Year's Day last year when they're rock bottom. That happens to us far too much. That isn't happening to our rivals, really. I don't think. Uh, do, uh, the only case I can think of recently is West Ham getting a win over Chelsea, and they were pretty. United much have a, dropped a couple of to the very bottom. United side. dropped a few a few draws over Christmas, didn't they? And they've. But, 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 yeah. but again, we don't necessarily pay as much attention to them. No, it's exactly. like when we're talking about... I know, about, but it feels we bad, about, the bottom side. <laughs> well, well, I, 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 I want to talk about the more structural thing, to be honest with you, and this is why I put this on the agenda. You, you're talking about the side at the minute in the country, Andy, who are doing the, best, doing the business, and they, they're playing to Bruyne, and most weeks they're playing to Bruyne and Silver in front of Fernandinho, yeah. and they're sending those lads out to do the business. And... They're both what you could, inverted commas, I don't like the phrase, but you can call them number 10s. Yeah. And yesterday we had Wijnaldum and um, Wijnaldum and, and Oxlade-Chamberlain. And yes, Wijnaldum did some time at Newcastle as a number 10 and we thought we were buying one. But firstly, his performances on the road, road often aren't great. But secondly, we are lacking some guile there and we are lacking a bit of oomph there. There is, neither of those players are quite, they're not They're not what I'd call clever footballers. For all of their strengths and, and for the fact that they've played really well very recently against the best team in the country, they still don't, they're not... They're not players who are absolutely covered, who are covered in, in, in little moments, little tricks, little bits of guile to create it. I think the word you might be looking for is incision. Yes, that incisive. is the word I'm looking for. Um, and we just don't, we don't have that. I mean, Henderson's a little bit better at it. Um, and I'm not, but he's no I know, number 10 either. Well, yeah, no, I understand, no, he's not I, at all. I understand that, but he'll move the ball a little bit quicker for you. And I'm not saying Henderson's good enough. Maybe that's what they're looking, looking to get from Keita. Um, that's exactly what they're looking to get from Keita. So... Yeah. You know, but on that though, Andy, the manager himself hasn't picked Lallana for the game, no, and I'm no, quite no, happy no, with that. No, yeah, no, 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 he hasn't. No, he hasn't, and he should bring them on sooner. Um, I think he, he just when that when that team she came out, and I wasn't the only one to say it. I looked at it and go, "That's probably our strongest eleven. Yeah, it's debatable yeah. that about who's available. That's probably our strongest eleven. Um, I just think that the Wijnaldum thing fascinates me in so much as the he tends to play as well as the team's playing. Um, and it was just I mean, we were watching it yesterday and I, I, we watched it with Adam Melian and he went oh Christ I didn't even realise it was about 40 minutes in yeah I didn't even realise when Alden was on the pitch and then you talk about City but you, you talk about the number 10s but you, you also mentioned Fernandinho and Fernandinho is just as important as the other two number 10s because he enables them to play to play that we, yeah. we haven't got a midfielder there and I don't mind Emery Chan I, I, don't, I think he's a good footballer I think he had a bad day at the office last night he wasn't that bad but we haven't got half, we know. haven't got a player who will free the man, or whether the manager believes we've got a player who, who will allow us to play normally those two players to, to play a Lallana and maybe when he was here at Coutinho or another attack mind the player or you know say to Oxley Chamberlain right you go you, you, you play more offensive don't hold your run Um 
I think it's just the, the, the luxury of having players good enough to do it, mate. To be honest, I think he, I think he does think. I actually think he does think that Henderson's that man when Henderson's fully fit. I think he is. Mm. Number of times it is very clearly a one and a two with Henderson, whereas it feels like a bit more of a midfield three with Emery in there. I think that is in there. Whether he's mm. right or wrong about that, I think he does think that. But I'm, I'm sort of talking in general, Robert. I think Kaiser is past this, but I'm sort of talking in general here about, you know, maybe we do need to to take a couple of chances in there and maybe, maybe. Uh, Maybe take the risk that we can end up looking a little bit lightweight, uh, but look to look to get put like, a Firmino in there. What if you have another forward? Well, yeah, but you haven't got another forward though. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm talking about the future. Yeah, I mean, we'll just have Firmino as a forward and just buy more lads who can do that. But yeah. which we're getting with Kaita. But in general, I think that there's there is a you know I'm just intrigued by this. And as I say, I think that it's something that we're going to have to find a way to address. It didn't entirely work this year when Coutinho played in there either. Mm. To be fair, no. so it isn't the idea of just sort of personality. It is sort of it is I think a little bit of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve. That a lot of this is me talking. There isn't an answer. I'm not going to go and this is the solution. Yeah, I just think that that's you know I th- I, th- I thought I just thought that the midfield last night looked and it might have been the pitch and all that sort of stuff. But at times it just looked a little bit blunt, a little bit agricultural. Yeah, it, it didn't know how to get... It, it didn't know whether it wanted to contribute towards increasing the turnover. It didn't know whether... It, uh, not the turnover, what, what's the word? Tempo, sorry. It didn't know whether it wanted to play vertical balls in so that we could uh, play our quick, uh, you know, one, two and third man running little moves on the edge of the box. And it wasn't sure whether it should be going wide. I, I don't know. There was, yeah, there was a lack. There was a lack of guile and a lack of incision. Oxlade Chamberlain, because I really like him, disappointed me the most, I think, last night. With Ginny and Aldham, yeah, you get used to those anonymous away performances from him every now and again. And I agree with Andy. He does seem to lift his game, in, in, you know, in line with the, with the team as a whole. I mean, he was outstanding against City um, in a great team performance. But he was anonymous. But yeah, Oxlade Chamberlain was a problem. It's easy to say, but Alana looked like he brightened us up no end. Do you think we were impatient? Yeah, yeah all the time. Yeah, all the time. I want to talk about the first half chances a little bit because that isn't nil nil, and that that that's your your opportunity to to do something, Ian. And you know, I I think that the Salah chance is being sort of treated as though it's a, a half chance. I think it's a bit more than a half chance. I think it's Salah an excellent chance. chance. Uh, all he has to do that ball drops. Normally, he would just push foot over the top of it and play into the bottom of the bottom right hand side of the net. It, I think it's the chance that you would normally score most weeks. That's a golden chance. You know, if you're talking about, uh, I don't know, a European Cup final and you've waited the whole game and it's the 60th minute and you get that chance, that's your chance to win yeah, that game. That's, it, that's this, your match winner. Uh, yeah, at this level, if you're playing, or if you're just, let's say, we're playing City and, and, it's, a, and it's a tight game, that, that chance comes, you go, you've got to take that at this level. He did have to take that. That's the sort of chance he probably does take in a one-chance game, I think. But in that kind of game, there's a, I think there's a, there's a sort of psychological complacency that allows you to thrash at that a bit more. That you, that you expect there will be another chance later, which is probably why he ends up thrashing that shot across the goal as well later on, because he, he's... He's expecting more chances, and he's because Marnie, he's been getting so many chances. The, the Marnie, Marnie one's the same. I the think. Marnie one's the same. A, a fully functioning Marnie, a fully informed Marnie scores that. A fully fun- functioning Daniel Sturridge scores that brilliantly, just chips over the keeper. It's yeah. one of those where if you could have the 2013-14 Sturridge receiving that ball, that goes over the keeper. It's in the back of the net. It's not even an issue. You, see, again, you, you, we go back to that first half and the two chances, which pretty similar in, in so much as how they came about balls over the top. So you talk about, you know, everyone say, going back to the Carvajal thing about oh, he's done a number on us, blah, blah, blah. That We've three, broken them. This is, where, this is where everyone's got, oh, three at the back was a smart move. But goals like, you can see goals like that when you play three at the back, especially when you're not used to, because not, none of the three centre-halves is taking the they're all looking at each other who's going to deal with that who's going to deal with that we were talking about this during the game as well it's so much harder to play an effective effective offside trap when you've got three centre half as well because you're not just relying on your partner to go with you so I threatened twice one of them stayed in and then so we score so we, we score one of those chances so and I go back to the same point before is that Carvajal being clever or making it, or making a cock up by playing three at the back. It's mad. I don't think Carvalho does anything clever in that game. He just, he just asks his lads to be very compact, very defensive, and and to not but, defend the high to, line and to be concentrated. To talk about, to talk about the chances specifically as well. It, it it just goes into the the way the game play that we miss the chances. Again, you, we allowed ourselves to feel sorry for ourselves because you missed those chances to get in the heads a little bit, and then we can see another goal where we think, oh fucking hell, you know. Only Liverpool can see goals like that, I and mean, you're quite right. Other teams do can see that, but you only see you well, only you only focus on yourself. There was a great start. And it's, it's very it's very easy to go. Oh, 
well, any other team that's in the league that centre half wins the header and it doesn't bounce to the opposition player to, for for a knock in. But but there's a great stat I saw on Twitter a couple of hours ago. I can't remember who put it up, and I've not checked the veracity of this. But apparently, it's four months since we last conceded that goal. So whereas we think we concede that goal every other week, when we, we beaten since October in. Yeah, but we, but we haven't. No, we conceded. We conceded goals. But we haven't. October. We've conceded goals, but we haven't conceded that goal. That goal that we say we always concede. Apparently, we haven't actually conceded the for last, thirteen games. It's Deli Ali's uh, the third just for it's our probably, time. Probably is that, is that yeah. October. Yeah. yeah. So, but in that time, yeah. we're still saying okay. Well, we're we're actually dealing with corners. Last night. We deal with the corner, it drops to the wrong place and bounces off him to a lad who just happens to be there, and which isn't quite, the position you'd expect him to be in. It's kind of ironic. We bring in our big crock who's meant to deal with corners yeah. and we can see it on, on, on that And it, it's, Again, it's all those fine margins. You know, that, that volley that Van Dijk tries at the end, that's the, um, the Jagielka goal in the derby. Yeah. But that, then, that, that's exactly that goal. It. Any but other day, that's that. You talk about that and quietly, and this is the thing that... Uh, disappointed with yesterday. Also, quietly, we're actually very good at attacking set pieces. Apart from last night, there was four or yeah. five corners which were f- fucking awful. If I'm being honest, they oh, were about, yeah. they mostly, were about chest mostly from Mel. Yeah, chest height in the first corners. man. I don't know what. And and we've been. I think we've scored. I haven't got the numbers, but we've scored plenty of set piece goals this year. And the quality and the delivery's been. And normally the, the worst set piece goals. The worst worst set piece deliveries happened after Chamberlain had gone off the pitch. Mm. And then you get the free kick that Manny wins from the run, and we put Salah on it, a left footer, and all he can, all the left footer can do at that point where you're pretty central is curl it back into left, and the keeper's just got his two hands up going, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad. Where strike. we know Van Dijk can take free kicks because we've seen the free kicks, and he's not even standing anywhere near. The it's going to become a thing, isn't it? That he never gets to take a free kick for Liverpool. You can see it happening already. I'm, I'm already fuming about it. <laughs> fuming for the next five years fuming, after yeah, one match. I'm, I'm, I'm putting this mark as a marker down as a pre-fume. <laughs> Um, They'll give him one before he signs for Real Madrid in two years' time. Um, Andy, don't say stuff like that. You'll upset people. So, uh, the second half, uh, they, 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 they do dig in, Swansea, and I think there are enough sorts of chances and, and chances for chances, and I think the chances for chances are almost more annoying. So, for instance, mm. Ings is turning shots, which is smartly dealt with by Fabianski. Yeah, he could probably do a little bit better, but he's done all right-ish. I'm more annoyed when, Rob, a bit more patience, find another pass, find another ball, and in general never shoot from distance. And last night, you know, the Joe Gomez one from the corner of the box, there's a Matip one from 25 yards. They happen pretty close together. That Matip one, I was fuming with that. Oh, yeah, the Matip one's particularly crap. The Gomez Gomez one, at least the strike's slightly better, but it's it's a stupid thing Well wide though, isn't it? And the the, the chances for chances, like Andy Robertson puts a a flat ball in with a little bit more bend on it, so that's standing. A little bit more bend, there's there's, there's both... um, I think Firmino. Firmino and Salah coming in on the end of it. Yeah, I think Ings does particularly well. I didn't notice it on the first, but I only saw on the on the, on the replay. He does really well to take that ball to his left. I mean, the strike is awful, really, but uh, and it would be such a lift for him, and uh, and I think for the club if he could, if he could start scoring, but yeah. It's one of them. Yeah, the, the chances second half weren't actually quietly, I don't think were quietly as good as the second half ones, apart from the best chance of the night, which is the one in the very last second, which would have made a different kind of analysis, I think. But there you go. Completely. Well, it would have been an escape. It would still be unbeaten. We'd still be... We'd, we'd have taken unbeaten on 70 minutes. I think there's also... It felt, while watching it, Fabianski has it like an excellent 10 minutes. Mm, well, all yeah. of a sudden, when we were actually creating a few chances, Fabianski was dealing with them. Not easily, but he was dealing with them professionally and clinically. And it, the ones the other days you might see go in, and they've got no specifics at all, but it just felt like Fabianski's been excellent the last 10. Actually, which is the one where, as you say, from Oxlade Chamberlain, uh, is it the first half? Yeah, it's a half chance, actually, but it's, mm. it's, a, smart, it's a smart enough save, I think. Look, if you play that game, look, the, 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 the reality is you, you can introspect all you like, but if you play that game 10 times, Liverpool win it eight out of. Eight yeah. out of ten. Yeah. Draw, draw the ninth, and then lose the tenth. It's one of them. That's without we've scored playing well. In, right, we've scored in nineteen of the last twenty-one games. Nineteen of the last twenty-one mm. games. Liverpool Football Club have scored a goal, and there's been performances like that in that run of games. If, Actually, yeah. would have been I'm right. not looking to dismiss. The, the, no, it's, 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 it's not ultimately you have to take it as just something that happens occasionally. You know, in the, there I, are I, bad nights. And of that 19 in the last 21, I think aside, I, I might be wrong, but I think aside from Everton in the cup where we win 1-0, um, we'd have scored more than one in every single one of those games as well. Yeah, I think Fat, so. Yeah, yeah. And we've had that run, that, that run of 2-1s, 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 which weren't too dissimilar. Yeah. 
a couple of the, the two ones weren't too dissimilar from that performance last night. It stings. It stings. But it's horrible. But the thing that stings, Andy, is, and I, you know, I want to be quite clear on this when I'm talking about the second half, is what happens when he looks at his bench. So Lallana first sub, and we can argue whether or not which who should or shouldn't be the first sub, and that's fine. But then we're talking about having a conversation now about a second sub. And we're all saying it would have been lovely for the club for things to have scored. But the fact of the matter is, this manager could be looking at a very, very similar bench on the 6th of March against uh, Porto at Anfield mm. when he needs to make a game-changing substitution. And he could be looking at a bench that looks exactly the same. But that, that's, that's where my problem is. That's my big problem, Neil, you know. Go on, no, carry on, sorry. No, I'm asking you. Go on, you go on. No, that was my that that was my big problem, and it comes back to the you know, will he reinvest? Won't he reinvest? And you know, and I don't I don't know what's going to happen with the, with Daniel Sturridge, but I I couldn't believe it when he wasn't in that squad. If he if he was fit enough to be in there, mm. um, and it all goes back to what we were saying on on the um, it got to show yesterday the drop off between Lalana. You take Lalana because he's he's there, but the rest of it, you've got Danny Ings. Who hasn't scored the goal for Liverpool since the, the, the derby when Brendan Rodgers was still manager? Yeah. And you've got Dominic Solanke. I don't know. I don't, look, I like Solanke, but he hasn't scored a goal. He hasn't scored a goal in the Premier League in his career at all. So then, you, and you, you, and also at the, the back of that with the likes of Solanke, you don't want to be bringing him on in situations where we need him to score. No, you, you, it's you, not you fair. Won't be you don't want to be putting him in that kind of pressure. You want to be bringing him on when you're two and three up and you're yeah. way out. Go on, lad. Go and get your goal. Take the pressure off. But what? Danny Sturridge wasn't dropped yesterday. I don't think it's, he's. It's, surely there's a transfer pending, well, kind of leaving out well, job. Then, well, even then, well, even then, hmm. you know, if you're going to let Daniel Sturridge go, don't leave yourself with the options that we were left with last night. We, we were talking before the t- before the turn of the year. We were all talking about Christ. Isn't it great to have a bench that you can look at and go? In fact, they're like for ability wise, it could be like for like, and you're arguing over who should be in the bench and who shouldn't. Well, because our bench in October looked fantastic. Whereas you look at that bench last night and you and it's not dep- depressing is the wrong word, but it's nowhere near as strong as what it should be if you want to change it up. In situations that you find yourself in, like against teams like Swansea, you know, you, you look at it and you there's no obvious solution there, is what I'm saying. No, and you're looking at it going and our third sub is probably um probably Trent. And that's that's not really, you know, the lad can affect the game. We've seen the lad affect the game, but it's not really what you want. Uh, beginning of the season, obviously what we're missing at the moment is we're missing Henderson, um, obviously no Lovren because of illness, obviously no Coutinho, we're missing Sturridge. In October, those four are on the bench straight away. With that team out, those four are on the bench. And you're looking at going, we've got three options that can change the game look, at a good you level. You look at our forward options though, so you go Firmino, yep. Salah, Mane, and then what? Ing Solanke Woodburn. It's, and the, and the it's gap a hell of a drop off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a lad who's been injured for two years, a 20 so, year old who's been good in the World Cup in the summer, but has done nothing. So, how yet. Those, one of those three gets nothing. injured then? You know? Yeah. We, we need we need that option in the front. Like, uh, anyone who wants to hear more of this kind of debate, you should uh, subscribe to Tour Player and listen to the Gutter Show, where we did a good 50 minutes of hardcore who the fuck should we buy in January and uh, and the forwards we need conversation. In it the was, next seven days. It was, it was yeah, it was it, hardcore. But it was transfer custard. It was transfer custard. It was very good. It was very good. And But I think in general, though, I think there is a wider thing here, which is that you cannot look up at that bench, as I say, if you're in the Champions League quarterfinal. And if you are the manager, and this is the thing that startles me, because I do believe that it is the manager who, who has his long-term plans, who has the idea that he's just simply got the list of lads who he wants. Mm. And I think that his long-term stewardship of the club is phenomenal. And I think that's really important to say that. In exactly the same way, it's really important to say that those footballers yesterday... Fair play to them. They've got us all, whether they played yesterday or not, into a situation where we're 18 unbeaten and they've played some really good stuff. Mm. This is really important, but there's also a constant here and now. And that here and now influences the battle for top four, but I'd also rephrase that as the battle for second, which is what we want to be in, not in the battle for top four, and for silverware. And this is a season where there's so much that this Liverpool team could do. And the idea that because we've got to constantly focus on the long term, we sacrifice basically what what happens over the next three and a half months is... I can even hear, as I say, it's Jurgen Klopp looking at me and saying something about, yes, it's three and a half months. But football seasons are like that. That's how yeah, they there's work. So much, is, Neil, there's so much a bloody stake. There's so much... I'll ask you... I'll tell you what. I'll turn this round. I'll ask you the question, right? If you're the oppo manager and you're looking at our bench, you can say to your lads, look, if you can see this out for 60, 70, they haven't got much else there. Mm. You can't tell me that the, the opposition managers aren't looking at that going, well, if we can, if we can just grind this out a little bit. The, the lads that they're going to bring on aren't going to be as strong as the lads you've just been facing. 
Well, yeah, Adam Lallana's the only one. You yeah. Know, he's a beacon. But, but beyond that, and Daniel Sturridge would have been... I have to say, I understand, as we, as we sit here now, that if Daniel Sturridge wants to go and there's a top club who wants to take him for the rest of the season and he can play regular football and get his place back in the England squad for his last ever World Cup, uh, it would be a good thing for that to happen to Daniel Sturridge. But Liverpool Football Club can't afford to let him Should go. Should be at expense, though. Yeah, can't afford to let him go unless we're bringing someone in at the end of this window. I can... I can. But at the moment, you're looking at going, Origi's got a recall clause. Yeah, Jesus. And that, and that's, that's, that's the point where I we're mean, at. Yeah, I, the Coutinho decision, you know, the, Klopp, I think, has got a reasonable argument to say, we tried. We and get he'd anyone. have done nothing for the rest of the season. No, he'd have down tools, he'd have been... Yeah, we, that, we, we, no, no, we, no we tried to get a replacement. I think you could say we tried to get all manner of strikers and, and, and number 10s and, and, yeah. and great quality forwards in. We just, we tried, but we didn't manage it. The problem is is, is, is the support will then, and we so discuss this on, on the, the Transfer Gutter show, is the support will then go, as Mike Nevin said, very eloquently yesterday, but then why do you let Coutinho go without any guarantees? And then we get into a circular argument, and I think we're going to be having this argument from here till May. I think you're right. I think you may well be right on that, and that is frustrating because this season, in so many ways, and remains a hugely good thing for this football club, and I'm really optimistic. Regardless of what he does at this stage, it can be yeah. a, a signpost season on the journey, but the worst part of any football season is wondering if there could have been more. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, that's that's the thing I always find difficult is the idea yeah. when you're sitting around and you're going, could we have done more? Could we have done better? And I, as I say, I can completely understand that the manager has. I expect him to play by four or five players in the summer. I expect. I think he knew this time last season who it was he was going to buy the following summer. Mm. I think he, you know, and as Ian has pointed out at other times, that list of five that got leaked. Well, we've seen that list of five. They all now are or will be Liverpool players. Yeah. And I think every man Jack Yeah. And I think that there's a similar list of four or five. Um I can even I think I can even guess at two of the names right now sitting here. Um I'm more than happy to do that. Uh, in that uh, Alison and Pulisic. Alison Pulisic yeah. and Lamar possibly a three, right? Possibly, there. possibly. Um although I think if they wanted Lamar and they could do it now, they, then they might they might well just do it now, but who knows? Since yeah. the price seems to be dropping by the day at the moment. Yeah, but I think that there's, you know, and I think that that's the idea. And that there's, there's, I'm not saying there aren't supplementary lists, but I think that this is a manager who's very, very convinced on this is who he wants, why he wants them, when he wants them, and this is how it's all going to come together. But as I say, that's frustrating because whilst I think he's a brilliant manager and you get to see the evidence of that quite regularly, there's another part here, which is we could all be having a fantastic time in May uh, with a little bit of luck, but possibly knowing that at some point we're going to need that from the bench. But then, for all we know, Danny Ings could be absolutely mustard in training at the minute. Well, you see, I, I think I think he's almost able, and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, only time will tell, to look at the management of a season and the management of building a team or a squad as two parallel exercises and that you can't confuse the two because it makes you make wrong decisions. So he thinks, in one part of my head, I am building a team and it's it's like gathering together the Magnificent Seven or Magnificent Eleven. This year it'll be these two, next year it'll be those two, then it'll be another three. And the, the and this build will happen and there will be this crescendo when they're all together, albeit one will leave and two more will join. But around that, around that's happening, are seasons. And I think he's prepared to be a bit more... What's the word? Pragmatic? Well, I, I, I don't know. Uh, philosophical is mm. the word I use. And go, ah, that's a different thing. I work with the men who are literally there in front of me and I will get the best out of those men. Recruitment is something that exists in parallel to this process. I think that's how his mind works on it, if that makes sense. But yeah, because it, 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 it's a case it of saying, I will not buy this lad that you're suggesting on Twitter because... I want Pulisic. Well, I am building a team here, and you're and you're and the season, the fan, the showbiz that is the season, and, and it's and the vagaries and the vanity and the, the emotion of it is not going to get in the way of that building. It's almost like a Rafa Benitez kind of approach, but Rafa well, didn't take this approach. I think I think it's, I th what I think is remarkable about Klopp genuinely, and I mean this both as I, I think he is simultaneously the most intransigent and the most flexible Liverpool manager I've seen, and that shouldn't be mean. possible. Uh, but he he manages to be both at the same mm. time, and and as I say, I think he's a fantastic manager, and I think we're in a really good place, and I think that's regardless of last night's results and I'm perfectly optimistic we make a fair few changes against West Brom get a good result go to Huddersfield win uh, then we've got a big game against Spurs on the horizon but I'm you know I'm perfectly optimistic about the season it's just I struggle to reconcile all of the bits of Klopp with the man who turns to his bench on 70 yesterday 
because surely that man's thinking, Christ, I'd just love to win this football match. Well, he's the, ma- the man who jumps up and down on the touchline, who is who is as emotional as any supporter, and yet he's the one. He must... Because if, if we're thinking that way, what's he thinking when he turns around and goes, oh, I've got those pricks, you know? And then so he's, but boss, they were, you put them there. You yeah. could have bought another one. He goes, yeah, I know, but... They're your pricks. Yeah, and um, he goes, but, you know... And I think he, he can't argue with himself at that point in time. And yeah, he's a man of conclusion. He's a man of contradiction. He's a man of contradiction. Very interesting manager. I'm going to ask you all something uh, to end this show, uh, which is with the benefits of hindsight. And it really is with all the benefits of all the hindsight, <laughs> what you'd have done differently yesterday. So, you know, put yourself back. You're, you're, you're speaking to Jurgen Klopp at half past six, or maybe even before half past six. What would you have done differently um, with, 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 with what was in front of your Andy? Anything, because you, your answer can be, I wouldn't have done anything differently if I'm dead honest with you, or it might have been scream at them a bit more in the dressing room or anything like that. I'm just intrigued. I haven't seen the way the whole thing played out. What would you have done differently? Not a lot, mate, to be honest. I, 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 I'm not going to lie and say, oh, yeah, because everyone's wiser after the events, aren't they? I think, I think the, only possible, the only possible change is, is you start Lalana for, I don't know, I know Ronaldo was anonymous, but maybe Lalana in for Chan or Ronaldo. You change that up, maybe possibly. But then, you, you know, I can't make a strong enough case to say yeah. definitely should have done that. I just think it was just one of those days. To be honest, right. with hindsight, if you could turn the clock back and you go, Jesus, they're going to park their bus in that way. We know, now know what to do. I'd have played three at the back, and I'd have played Trent once. I'd have brought Lalana. I've got something to throw at you. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You can say that, but I would have. Um, I'd have brought Trent in as well. I'd have brought Gomez, Matip and, and uh, Van Dijk. With one of them given the brief, probably Van Dijk to just bomb forward and be an extra midfielder. And I've had Trent wide in one position. I'd have put Oxlade-Chamberlain as the other wing back and I'd have had Lalana in the middle of the park. I'd have had a lot more attacking players. And I'd, said, and I'd told Mohamed Salah to get some fucking chalk on his boots. Would you have, just out of interest, I've got more time for that if you're telling me you're doing the Brighton away thing. That, that kind of is what I'm saying, yeah. But you're doing it with defenders, Rob. Stop playing defenders. Well, I don't have enough wingers. I've got Oxlade Chamberlain and Trent as wing backs. I've got them very, very high up the pitch. They are Trent is a winger by most of his career's training, well, an attacking foot. So I think I am doing that there. And I think I'm. Uh, Van I don't Dijk, understand why you're playing three centre halves, and I despise it. Well, I'm not really because I think two of them are allowed to push on, but especially well, but Van I, what, Dijk. I, what I'm saying there is that when you talk about the Brighton thing, he had Chan and Wijnaldum as his centre backs. So if you tell me that Van Dijk's the central centre-back and he'll play Chan and Wijnaldum either side of Van Dijk... I just haven't got, got enough players Then you've got my then. interests. Well, you've got Lallana and Milner playing play Oh, yeah, OK, I'll do that then. Yeah, OK, we'll reach a happy couple. I'm happy to have no... Believe me, the one thing I turned to Steve yesterday and we, we were saying to each other on the Steve Graves uh, and Paul Senior I was watching the game with is we just, we've got too many defenders on the pitch. Full stop. I just want to. I, I've, I, look, I've gone. I've gone from four to three in my system. I'm happy to go with you to go from four to three to one. You know, quite happy to do that. That to me was the key to it. Ian, what would you do differently? I think if I said I'd do anything differently, it'd be hypocritical. I sat on City Talk on Friday night. You asked what team I wanted. You've got all benefits of hindsight now, Ian. I'm giving it. Yet. I, I have, but I think that team. Come on. That 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 team and that formation should have been good enough to do the job. It was just a case of individual okay. flaws on the evening. I think the, the big issues are with with hindsight. Going back to within the game. You pull Gomez and put Trent on because he'll attack down the right more than Gomez was doing because Gomez was having a poor night. And you pull Wijnaldum and put Lallana on roughly around about the 50th minute when you can see that you come out second half and it's still not happening. I think that's the time to make the change. I think that is what would tip the axis over because I think at that point you've then got more creativity and more movement than you had. But in terms of changing before the game... It's the team that beat City. I'd have gone with the same team and I still would because I think they would still be good enough to do it. City are easy. Bus parkers City are, are yeah. Bus parkers are horrible. <laughs> uh, all right, then. Uh, thank you very much to Ian, to Rob, and to Andy. As I said at the top of the show, uh, do go to redsbet.com, uh, set up an account there. Uh, if you're looking to support the Anfield Rap, if you're someone who does gamble uh, and gambles enjoyably, redsbet.com. Uh, at the minute, you can bet £10 and get a £30 bonus. Uh, they are our partners for the entirety of 2018, and we're very, very pleased to be on board with them. Uh, redsbet.com. Uh, and whilst it wasn't a bet on redsbet.com last week, it was made by Gareth Roberts on the City Talk Show. Liverpool. Liverpool's defeat at Swansea was most definitely tough to take. Sports Social Podcast Network.